0: for our feature interview for episode 12 we've got Gavin Byrne Gavin Byrne of course won the Kerryway Ultra just over two weeks ago now that's the second time that he's won it and he's fresh from his appearance on Liveline of course on Joe Duffy and rumour has it that he might even be on the Late Late Show this coming Friday alongside Sam Bennett who knows we'll have to just wait and see Gavin of course is the current record holder for the Wicklow Round with 15 hours and 4 minutes when once upon a time people thought it was impossible to break 17 hours Gavin went out and smashed it in just over 15 hours he had a great run last year in the TDS in UTMB in Chamonix 31st place out of 1785 runners and he's represented Ireland on two occasions in the trail running world championships in Peña Galosa and in the world mountain running championships in Argentina so without further ado let's call in Gavin Byrne. Gavin we don't quite have the couple of hundred thousand listeners that you had for your last interview on the Joe Duffy show on on RTE. We've got about 800 hardcore trail and mountain runners looking forward to hearing from you and to hear how the, the great victory went in the carry away ultra. So Gavin, Gavin Byrne, you're very welcome to the show.
1: Cheers Alan, thanks for having me.
0: Um, well, listen, Gavin, speaking of Joe Duffy, first up, how did you end up on Lifeline talking to Joe?
1: Um, well, the race director, Eileen, um, she rang me and said, um, she's well, actually, the day before Eileen rang me and she said, Kerry FM is looking to talk to you. So I didn't send you that link, but um, so Kerry FM rang me the day before. And then the next day she rang me again and said, Joe Duffy is looking to talk to you. But I don't know whether she rang them or, or they got in touch with her. And he just wanted to have a chat about the race, really.
0: Joe himself called you, or how did that work?
1: No, no, the researcher just calls you, takes a few notes about where you're from and, and your age and stuff. And then uh, and then you just go straight on, li- on, 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 straight on to the live with Joe then.
0: Wow. And I know like myself, Gavin, I love listening to the um, to the off-the-ball lads on News Talk. But um, yeah. a little birdie actually told me that you actually do listen to Joe yourself while you're working. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, no, I listen to him here and there now. And not all the times. So a lot of a... You'd be depressed listening to him at times, to be honest. Like, but uh, I mean. here and there, I, I'd, I'd slap it on to see what's going on in the world.
0: Sure. And what's the reaction been like since, Gavin? Are people recognising you on the streets?
1: <laughs> no, not really, no, but a lot of people have been texting it's Some some family that you wouldn't have seen in years maybe Would have texted my mother and that saying Oh, I heard your son there, on the, I heard Gavin on the radio there So uh, a lot of people got in touch that wouldn't have been in touch in a long time So that was kind of nice, you know Yeah,
0: and I say social media, I say erupted as well You know, when, when the oh, biggest sure. came
1: sure through but, but he, he ended up
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ended up talking to Joe Gavin after that great win that, that we mentioned in the Kerry Way Ultra. But I remember talking to you just offline, just with a couple of text messages here and there, like during the summertime, just as we were kind of all coming out of lockdown and that. And, and I got the impression from you that, that you weren't too sure what you were going to race. You sounded like maybe you weren't 100% motivated to, to train, to be training 100% hard. that um, You ruled out trying to make the Irish team for the World Championships, for example. But you managed to turn it around and produce that incredible result down in Kerry. So maybe you could talk us through how those summer months went for you and what was the turning point from not being too sure what you were going to do
1: getting in shape to win the Kerry Way Ultra yeah well I suppose it was strange times for everyone and um, just being, a, being stuck to your little 2k at the start and just knocking out miles um, but I didn't want to go in for the Irish team this year because the uncertainty of it we didn't, we didn't know if it was going to go ahead and for me to try and get a place on that team I'd have to do very specific training a lot of speed work and um, so I wasn't really going to, I didn't really want to commit to myself for going around the park and and doing intervals, doing tempo runs. That's not the type of thing I wanted to do. So instead, throughout the whole lockdown, I just kind of really easy miles all the time, kind of seven, eight-minute miles, just tipping around. I live enough close to the Phoenix Park, so I was happy enough to do that. But that's kind of, and I managed to build up a great um, aerobic engine, you know, so... That's the way I kind of do things most of the time. And anyway, which would have sure. helped. For-
0: and and did you think about the carry-away ultra, Gav, and actually say, right, there's a race for me. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to try and go for the podium, go for the win. Because I think you've won down there before, Gavin, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I won in 2018 um, in, in a much slower time of 26 and a half hours. Um but once once the UTMB got knocked on the head, I basically said, "Look, I'll sign up for the KUA and see what happens." So that was the the main goal. Then after the UTMB went, sure. So. And was it was it the big one
0: in UTMB, Gavin, that you had signed up for, or was it yeah.
1: the TDS again? No, it was the big was the, the big one now the main one this year. I was, I, I wanted to do, so I ne- I never got to do that one. So I was I was really really looking forward to that, but I mean. It is what it is. It got cancelled. What can you do? That's 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 the way it is for everyone now.
0: Once you got down to the Kerry Gab you were there just before the race itself, the, the the morning of the race, maybe talk to us if you can about the mindset just at the start line because not many of us will ever run two hundred kilometres in a race environment and um, very few people have the physical strength and never mind the mental strength to do it. But you've done that on, on numerous occasions now. What are you thinking when you go into a race like that? Because in last week's show, Simon, um, Simon Kelly, who was down there on the ground, looking, looking at the race, said that you flew off from the start and he could tell from the start that you were, you were in combat mode and um, fighting for the top positions so, how do you approach the race like that? Do you go in it to win it, Gavin? Or are your thoughts just to get through it, first of all?
1: Well, for me, I decided to take this race with a bit of a different approach this time because I felt like um, I, ha- I had nothing to lose going into this race. So, I went down with three targets. So, my first target was... Well, well, there was no Pacific there, ta- were in no Pacific order, but one target I wanted to do was I wanted to run it in under 24. Another target was I wanted to win the race. But then I suppose the top target would have been to try and beat the, the course record, which I didn't do, but no big deal. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, like I didn't go down there with pressure. It didn't bother me. I, 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 I went in with a bit of tactics um, that I wouldn't normally do. Normally I would start a race like 200k, um, nice and easy As I like, would recommend to anyone But uh, I decided <laughs> to run this one A little bit harder at the start And to, to try and put pressure On the competition that was there Because I knew they'd want to run a bit harder So I said, you know what, I'll play their game And I'll run harder So um, that's the way I, It was like a big learning curve for me this time around
0: Sure, and it, it was kind of like A 5K, 5k club race, Gav Wasn't it? Because I, You must have been looking around at the start line and all the big guns were there, weren't they? Ian Keat was there, a lot of the other top guys were there as well, just like you would in a standard kind of road race. So yeah. th- does that freak you out in any way? Does that add more pressure? Or do you do you just embrace the the competition on the start line?
1: No, just- no, not anymore. I would have I would have at the beginning, but now I'm kind of I'm used to it. Like I know what I can do when it comes to racing at that kind of distance. So I try to embrace it, like you know, the ultra running community is quite friendly, so it's it's just yeah. good to meet and chat to people. I mean, you do have um, a slight bit of fear because it's it's a two hundred k race. At the end of the day, you don't know you don't know what's going to happen to to you or your body, or so. Uh, like it's just chit chat, you know, but you do want to win, and uh, uh, but at the end of the day, it's not it's not the be all and end all, you know.
0: Yeah, and I suppose like uh, as Joe asked you. Um... In the interview on Liveline the other week, uh, Gabby said to you, what was the prize? And there was no (laughs) prize, of course.
1: Oh, exactly. Pride. Pride is the prize.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there any sense, Gab, that when you do cross the finish line first, like, would you like to see a a prize being given? You know, would you like to see cash involved? Or, I don't know, if you even got a big trophy? Or... Or you know, in the ultra running community, are people just happy with with getting the win, being the fastest person on the day, or or, or do you think the the sport that deserves a bit more?
1: No, I think with with the fact that there's no cash involved makes it a good sport because we're we're there for the love of it, the love of it, you know. So um, no no money, no big prizes is a good thing. So it is like you're just. Like it's something unique, like, um, I mean, you get a little wooden trophy with the carry away on it, it's a unique kind of thing, so it's nice to have that. I remember, um, I remember one year when when he, um, Ian Keith actually finished third in his age category in the UTM, UTMB, he got a cowbell, and I thought that was so cool. Like, I'd love to <laughs> go after one of these cowbells and try and get one of them at some stage in my life, you know. Yeah,
0: but I think you're right, Gavin. Because I know from working on a couple of races in Spain and France, you know that that are say some of the top trail running races. Now there's a little bit more money coming into it, and you do see some more cash prizes. But nothing like say a big marathon and uh, a big city yeah. marathon, where there actually are you know big payouts. But as you said, in a way, that protects the sport a little bit from from the dangers. Uh, of what money can bring, Um, you know, doping. And and I don't mind saying this publicly. I say it privately to to my running mates all the time. Like, if I was a road marathon organiser, I I just wouldn't invite Africans at the moment, for example. Um, You know, Kenyans, Ethiopians, needless to say, Russians, because of their scandalous doping past and the amount of Kenyan athletes that have tested positive um, corruption, and at an at a, at a official capacity within their athletics board as well. So thankfully for the moment, for the moment, trail running is protected from that.
1: Mm, yeah, it's fairly toxic, all right, some of them. But what can they do? That's the way it is.
0: But sure, that, that's a story for another day. Um, but, but Gavin, listen, for, for the people who who want to know the details of, of winning a, a race like the Kerry Way ultra, what, what did you do in terms of say material that you had that you had with you on the day shoes that you were wearing gear that you had nutrition that you took on the day so so maybe if we start off with the backpack um, what was in the backpack of the winner of the carry ultra Uh, yeah
1: so for me um i have the little backpack but i try i lay everything out the day before even a couple of days before so i have the stuff i'm going to run in i'm going to wear on the morning i put that to one side and then the stuff that's going to go into the backpack, I put that to one side, and then I just stuff it all into one bag, and I'll put it aside and say, and I'll say to myself, "That's what I need on race day." So, I'll have that. There'll be no thinking anything else. I forget on the before I head down to Kerry, it's forgotten about. Once I have the race day kit, that's the main thing, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So, is, is there anything
0: that you bring yourself, Gav, that maybe isn't mandatory? Anything that you'd
1: like to Generally, not no, um, no. I'd have to look at the weather, and if I knew the weather was going to be reasonably good, I would just stick to the mandatory kit. It, I don't, I don't bring anything specific. Um, I'd probably bring um, for that way. I'd have my phone, but phone is mandatory. But um, I'd have the GPS installed on the phone just in case, just sure. in case I get lost. But you, did, back. sorry, go ahead.
0: Did you have any um, poles? which you guys?
1: No, no, I I I, I try I I I try not use poles in Ireland. The last time I used poles in Ireland was um, in the Kerry Way in twenty eighteen, and I used them for the first forty k, and I just found them a hindrance. They were, yeah. There there's too many ups and downs. The ground is too soft, so. I I got rid of them, um, and haven't used them in Ireland since, so uh, I
0: I think it's more really for places like the Alps and the Pyrenees, when they come in handy but yeah, as you say, in Ireland, yeah Yeah. Um, Shoes, Gav. what were your race day shoes?
1: I have the like, I'm sponsored by Columbia so, I have the Columbia Transalp 3, so I've done a couple of races in the pair I wore already this year, so I was quite happy with them, And, and this year they're a great shoe so i used them for most of it and then i swap swapped um later on in the day to a columbia fkt and they're a nice shoe as well so a lot less crisp but a very comfy shoe Uh,
0: and what's behind the swap gav why do you
1: swap shoes ah just like i mean the, the, the shoes get wet throughout the day and my feet—they're not exactly toughened up enough at the moment, but uh, I get a lot of blisters sometimes. So if I take off, a sho- a sh- I took off the socks and shoes, powdered them up. But I know there's a couple of blisters, so I, I bandaged them all up. Then um, dried the feet, got them looking fresh, and then when you put on the new pair of shoes on, it's just yeah. like—it's like putting on a new pair of legs sometimes for, for a <laughs> while. And anyway, it's just—you
0: yeah.
1: like, just don't want to get them wet again, you know. It's yeah. just a uh, great feeling, and, uh,
0: and I I know from talking to Ian and Keith, um, he spoke about the Columbia gear, the the tops and the bottoms, um, and he said it was brilliant gear. Um, do you have any specific Columbia T-shirt or shorts that you wear, Gav? Or what, what, yeah, what do well, you wear?
1: I always bring the the I have um the Columbia outroy jacket, and I also have a Columbia Outeroy, um um trousers. So they're they're really light but they 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 actually keep you very dry. So I always have them stuffed in the pack, but then I just have um the the Columbia Twin skin shorts and then same with the T shirts, just a nice light T shirt. That's good enough for me, you know. And uh just try and stick to well worn stuff, stuff I used a fair bit, um, yeah. for a race like that. Just something that I know I'm comfy in. That's Sure. Uh,
0: and say nu- nutrition wise, Gav, um, are you still on the the high five gels and the cadre rolls that you use to such good effect in the Wicklow round?
1: Yeah, I'm still I still haven't mastered in the whole nutrition thing. It's 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 such a hard thing to get on top of, like um trying trying to keep the calories in for that kind of distance. But yeah, I, I do take the high five sachets. So every checkpoint, you're talking every checkpoint in the carryway would have been roughly about two to three hours. So every every checkpoint, I would have the two bottles filled. My crew would have the two bottles filled with water and then a, a high five sachet into each of them. And then I was using cliff blocks. That went well up to about 14 hours. And then I just, just couldn't really take anything in. I could still drink fluids, but it was just getting less and less and I wasn't eating as much. And it's just... I haven't found something I can eat when I'm really, really tired. Like, it's, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's just that my palate is dry. It's just, I just can't, can't seem to find something suitable for me at the moment. So, But I, I still get through it, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's a strange one, Gav, isn't it? Because it, it sounds like maybe you want to eat, but for whatever yes. reason, your body can't but yet you can still keep on going for another nine or ten hours after you get to that point where you can't take anything else in.
1: Yeah.
0: How does that work out?
1: Well, I'd be taking in little bits, um, but not much, but I'm definitely uh, calorie deficient. Is that what the word like, uh, you yeah. use? But um, I suppose it's just a bit of experience. You're just burning i i suppose fat burning i'm not i i wouldn't consider myself a fat born and i'm not a big fan of the whole fat burning thing i'd sooner burn uh carbs and calories you know but um i suppose that's what it is maybe uh like you have a few soups but uh, i, I st- i'd love to chat to somebody a bit more um a bit more knowledgeable about all that kind of thing and see if we could come up with a solution. Um, to, to, to consume something easy but fluids is I like fluids like it's just much easier to have fluids
0: sure like but fluids. It, it sounds like Gavin like whatever you're doing anyway it, it is working because you're getting all these top results whether you know it, it's running for Ireland in, in world championships the the week low round record of course the, the ultra wins that you've had so, so whatever it is, it, it's working. And I, I was going to ask you this later on, but you know, maybe it's a good time to ask you now. That it, it, do you think, Gavin, that it's just this natural talent that you have and that thankfully you, you, you discovered maybe by accident, whatever, five or six years ago? Or is it that you're actually working really hard in training um, and that combined with the natural talent it is allowing
1: you to do all these incredible ultra performances Oh, I would say it would probably be more natural talent than hard work because there's a lot of lads out there doing a lot a lot more work and a lot more harder training than I am, but I'm still lucky enough to be able to finish ahead of them most of the time or sometimes so it would be more yeah it would be more natural talent than training, but I still do my 10 hours a week or, or whatever 100k type training most weeks but it's more easy easy miles and then sometimes i do a bit of a speed session uh, it's just enjoyable i just enjoy going for runs it's not about training to be the best or training to be to improve yourself i just love getting out whenever i can and um, just for mindfulness for anything just just to get out and relax and escape
0: Life. Yeah, so like say for example on a Tuesday, just because it's a Tuesday evening, that doesn't mean it's 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 a Tuesday night interval session of eight by one k or ten by four hundred or whatever, and um, you're running just according to feel pretty much all during the week.
1: Yeah, I I did run with a club a few years ago when I started training force, so I learnt about intervals and tempos and stuff. So, but now it's just. Normally easy miles all week, and then every now and again I might bust out a few five hundreds, four hundreds, one k's, eight hundreds, whatever. Like maybe by six ten, but not, 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 not like um, consistently. I wouldn't do it every week. It's I wouldn't be like it's Tuesday time for a uh, ten by one k. You know. Um, yeah. that
0: kind of... and, and likewise on a Saturday just because it's a Saturday doesn't mean that it's a tempo run down in Bushy Park or tempo run in the Phoenix Park or whatever it might be um, you, you're maybe out with the with the Inver guys, with Richard and, and Ian, just running easy and slowly around the, the Dublin and Wicklow Mountains
1: yeah exactly, we have um, I, I, we got a good enough group going there um, a few years ago, me and a couple of the lads and um, uh, set up a little running group and just about f- six of us now but most of the time not, um, there's only two or three of us but we just go out for two hours on a Saturday, three hours sometimes more, sometimes f- four or five, it just depends how everyone's fixed you know um, and plus I'm, I work shift so I like um, when I'm off My uh, I only get every second weekend off so I don't want to spend like my whole weekend running like there's more to the life than running if you know what I'm saying yeah,
0: sure, sure. But I think at the same time, I know from reading a couple of interviews that you did about the Wicklow Round, that I think for the incredible Wicklow Round record that you did, you did put in the hours there, didn't you? That you were out down in Wicklow, planning the, the quickest routes between the, the, was it the 26 mountain peaks? And yeah, so 26 for peaks. that. Yeah, for that one you did, you did really work hard, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, we put the well, any kind of free time I had midweek or weekend, not all the time now. Well, I'd, I'd head out to the trails and it'd generally be on my own. I just found it simpler. Like oh, you weren't waiting on people. You just get in the car, drive to your point, and I was out and back. So I was doing all the time. So yeah. that was the good thing about the Wicklow round. You can head out on the route you're meant to go. But on the way back, you're looking at the route from a different perspective. So you can see on a nice clear day you might be able to see a tiny trail up through the header that you wouldn't have seen on your way there, if you know what I'm saying. So yeah. you yeah, can pick yeah, it yeah. up from a different side. Like that's, the out-and-backs are brilliant that way, you know?
0: Sure. And listen, we've touched on the wickler round, Gav, and before we go back to the Kerry Way Ultra, um, the, the record that you ran, as far as I know, it still stands 15 hours, 4 minutes.
1: Yeah, fifteen hours, four minutes, thirty seconds. I think it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's, and, that's, any any desire to go back and do it again and try and get under the fifteen hours? Because I, I know you were saying that you'd love to do it before. W- w- what do you reckon for for twenty twenty one? Maybe no. Is it not the at all?
1: I can't see myself coming back to do it. I'll have to. I, I mean, it's somebody else is to step up to the plate and, and come out and say I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a bash at the record, so I'll wait till someone else uh, gets close to it or, or tries, and then then maybe I'll go back. So we'll wait and sure, see. Well, see who so. can
0: raise the bar and then raise yeah. it again. Uh, and just in case anybody that's listening isn't aware of what Gavin did, uh, the previous record holder was Ian Keat, and um, the, the legend of ultra running in Ireland. And for many years, people thought that it was impossible to break 17 hours. Now, 17 hours was eventually broken, but then Gavin came along and ran 15 hours and four minutes and just smashed the the record. Um, So it's an incredible record and it looks like it's going to stand for a long time unless somebody really gets out and puts in the hard work and uh, and can break that incredible fifteen hours, four minutes, Gav, it, it, it was brilliant. Um, but it's a, another brilliant performance was we, we started talking about it at the start of the interview that the Kerryway Ultra I, I'd love to go back to it Gav because yeah. with, with so many with so many races cancelled this year, the Kerryway Ultra up until the last week they weren't sure if it was gonna go ahead or not. So maybe just talk to us, Gav, about the race itself, the atmosphere as you were getting through the 200 kilometers, the scenery down there. Um, I imagine it was just a great day.
1: Yeah, it was a great day. It was, it, it was a lovely clear morning. No rain was brilliant. So, and so we started We started at 10 past 7. So there was, would have been groups of 15 starting from, I think, 5.30 a.m. So, and then every 10 minutes, it was a group of 15. So I started in the last group with the likes of Ricky, Sean Clifford, Dean Keith, and a good few others. So we started off, and we all beeped and headed out. But Before I knew it, I, I was at the front of the group 15, and there was no one with me. So I slowed down a bit. I wanted p- people with me. So eventually then uh, um, Ricky caught up with me, um, and, and he, he, he's known for going fairly hard, let's say, during these races at the start. So the two of us pushed on. And I still had my target, R- realistically, my target was to, was to try and, and beat the course record. But, um, and, and I was well ahead of the record, all the way up to Sneem. I think I was 48 minutes ahead of the record. But then um, uh, it, it faded away quite quick after that. Then I, I cut my leg and, and I had to sit down. And then once I started sitting down, I started to, um, I started to die of death. Really, to be honest, I just couldn't, couldn't really get the running legs going again. So it was um, a bit of a march to the finish. but, but um, So that's the way that was. But during uh, the race, did, though,
0: did you get a visual, Gav, on any of the guys getting close to you? Or were you getting word that they were getting close? How, how did you handle that?
1: No. So me and um, Ricky, we ran all the way to um, Glenn, um, I think it was Glenn Carr together. So that would have been maybe 40 ish K. Uh, and then he had st- I I was quite prepared my crew quite easily. I just said to them, "Have to have this ready, and I'll give you this, and then I'm gone." So when we it was Robbie Williams from um, Mimra Munster, Mountain. He was um, he was uh, my crew man. Him and Kev. So so they were well clued in. They knew what to do. They just had two bottles ready. I took the bottles, took my cliff blocks, and I was gone. So. That was at the second checkpoint or third checkpoint, maybe, or second checkpoint. So I, I started to push on then from second place after that. And um, I hadn't seen him then. I didn't see him at all. I didn't see anyone else then for the rest of the day from 40-ish K. Uh, I'd, I'd led the race from start to finish. But um, I'd managed to pass all the half-five starters and up. i had passed all of them within um, about five hours, 30. So it was um, a good few hours on my own out there, you know.
0: Yeah, but, and then, when you did get to the finish line, Gav, and get you, you got the win, um, how were you then? Were you were you were you lucid enough to be able to enjoy it, or did you just need uh, a bed at that stage?
1: Like normally, when I finished, when I finished most races, like the TDS or or the Wicklow round, I normally have a bit of um, a bit of a bit of boy in me to wave my hands and happy days be excited but this 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 year i wasn't that's the lesson I, that's what i was trying to teach myself by going hard to see how, how how well i would last but i i i left it all out there there was nothing left at the finish to be honest but um yeah it was just a big learning curve for me to, sure, to yeah. dig. but it was great though the race because every, most people had a crew Um so there was hundreds of crews on the, on the route with lots of people, you know, and they all had the camper van So when you were reaching checkpoints like Foilmore, I would have been the first runner they seen for the day and the leader of the race. So it was like being in the in the UTMB. You were getting huge cheers and everything. So that that was giving me a big lift, you know. So it was great,
0: like. Yeah, well, I remember one great memory, Gavin, that I have of you is over in Argentina when you were finishing um, your race in the World Mountain Running Championships uh, down in the depths of Argentina, down towards the the south of the South South American continent in La Langostura, where we were. I think that one was after maybe, was it just over 45 kilometers maybe? And you were coming yeah. into the village, and you know you, you had a big smile on your face. You had the Irish flag flying, and uh, you know a couple of the squad members were there, and it was just a lovely moment. I remember, and you, you can oh, see that you enjoy what you do.
1: Yeah, that was great. That was a great one, actually. That was a uh, yeah. Ah, uh, we love it. We wouldn't be there if we didn't. You yeah. know, that was uh, that was. We were lucky enough to go to that one. That was a brilliant trip at the oh, Argentina. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but, but tell me Gavin how has the, how's the recovery gone say over the last 10 days because um, I, I think there's more and more focus nowadays on the recovery post ultra and, and trying to get it right because I know from talking to a couple of friends who have just recently done say FKT attempts, big ultras that the recovery can be quite tricky um, one friend I was talking to this week was saying that he was having trouble sleeping after he did his big um, FKT that it can leave it can leave a, a massive you know effect on the body physically mentally hormonally H- how's your own body doing after winning and finishing 200 kilometers
1: yeah well the first few days are obviously the worst like because I mean it's like it's like really really bad jet lag if you know what I'm saying Um so so when we finish on Saturday morning, like you're just going into bed, you're in bed for two hours really after a good wash or whatever into bed. But I mean, you're you're not. It's like it's like you're hallucinating while you're sleeping. You're awake but you're asleep kind of thing. Um so we get up early enough, and like you're just walking around like a zombie for for a few hours, and then back into bed. Um but that was the, That's the first day. But the the, the leading the days after then. Yeah, you kind of wake up in the middle of the night, you can wake up craving sugar, craving water. You're waking up at random times all the time. That's only for the first few days and once the once the um the limp and the stiff muscles um, die down a bit, you can get back out and and uh, and just movement, walking around, I enjoy walking around, went to the hills a bit just for walks, not runs. Um I live beside the Phoenix Park, so a bit of time in there, but just general rest. Just stay away from the running. I've no uh, no drive to run. No point in rushing back to things. I'm not going to lose any fitness. But uh, yeah, just try and get the calories back in, get the fluids back in, and get back to feeling good. So this week has been much better now. I'm back running now. So yeah, a,
0: a simple balanced approach, Gavin. You know, because again, a, a lot of people I think they struggle with actually not running they they nearly yeah. have this addiction to have to run every day, don't they? And so to be able to just take those couple of days off um, it, it works wonders and and i, I know from talking to Rene on our training slot as well that he's a big believer in just actually just walking walking for a couple of days and that can do wonders for the body it just keeps the blood circulating it just empties out all the crap that builds up over 200 kilometers and that you don't need to spend a fortune on protein recovery drinks or whatever it might be and just basic exactly. walking will help get you back
1: that's it, yeah, that's, that's, that'll do me, you know I, I, I've no drive to go back running straight away You're only going to do yourself worse damage in the long run Like I know some lads will be back out within 2-3 days doing yeah. jogs But that's ah, not for me, no thanks
0: Sure, sure, but I, I know that you might be in rest mode now But I'm sure, Gavin, that that, that drive that you have will come back eventually um, What is it? that you think will motivate you once you do get back out running. Is it to get a green jersey on again? Is it to get back over to UTMB? Uh, You you had a great run there last year in the TDS, 31st out of over 1,700 runners. and You've been in the top 75 in the the World Championships. I'm sure you'd love to maybe get in the top 50. Um, More race wins in Ireland maybe. What is it? What is
1: it that you think will will motivate you next? Well, eventually it'll just click, and I'll, like for for to get running again, it won't take me long till I'm back out running, maybe five or six days a week. But I'm happy enough doing that. But eventually, then I'll just find a challenge somewhere. Be it, um, I'm kind of already eyeing up a winter challenge. But so we'll see. It depends on how COVID goes. If COVID still um, is still the way it is now. I'll do my winter challenge, but if I can get back racing, there's a race in the UK. I'd love to do in December, so I'm hoping to do that maybe. But I can't see that happening, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just find something that I want to do, and and I'll just focus on that for a few weeks, and and uh, yeah, it's just that's the way it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in the meantime, Pat Kenny might be on, maybe <laughs> <I'm looking laughs> to do interview with you next. Um, But it's it's been a brilliant talk, and thanks for being just so so open and, and honest and. And it's great to hear somebody that has achieved so much and, and won so much just have such a balanced approach to life. Because listen, I, I'd admit it myself that I've sometimes been overly focused and um, overly stressed maybe about races and trying to get fit. So it, it's refreshing to, to hear you so relaxed and just sound common sense approach and, and it works so well for you and uh, maybe this last question Gavin before we go is something that, that I'd like to ask everybody and um, what's your favorite place to train in
1: oh good question I suppose oh well most of our training is done around Wicklow but there's a little route we like to do a few a few of the lads me and the lads too which we call it the crown Jouse Mallin, oh Crown, Marlin, Jouse, Marlin route. It's it's from Crown Woods there in Wicklow. So we head up straight up Marlin, over along to Jouse, and back over Mollen and back to Crown. So it's only about it's about a it's ten mile run with with one thousand metres of uh firth. So um that's uh, we love doing that quite regularly, but there's there's so many out there it's hard to it's hard to pick. Yeah.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, listen, Gavin, thanks Emil for your time today. Gavin, good luck with the recovery. I hope Say hello to all the training buddies, to Ian and Richard and all the Ember guys that they are all super trail and mountain runners as well. So, a big hello to everybody. And, Gav, we look forward to hearing about your next adventure, which I'm sure when you do decide what it will be, you'll smash it, as you always do. So, Gav, thanks a mil.
1: Cheers, Alan. Tell you again soon. Thanks.